0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Rangers finalise moves for Jermaine Defoe and Stephen Davis As they fly out to Tenerife Oliver Burke believes Brendan Rodgers is the man To get his career back on track As deals for Bio and Wea get closer And Ryan Gold is closing in to a move with Hibs I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me this evening is Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans Have Celtic embarked upon a risk strategy With the signings of Bio, Wea and Burke have Rangers go down a more reliable road with the acquisition of Defoe and Davies? If you have nothing to debate on the park while the Premiership goes into hibernation, then focus on what's going on off the park because one of them's got it right and one of them will win the league title as a consequence. I think Celtic have gone down a risky road. Fight amongst yourselves. Alex Ray, the football wasn't with us in the top flight of the weekend, but my word, clubs are working hard to get business done early. Yeah, I think we, we touched on it at the, the show at the weekend, Gordon, when we says that the teams would rather have the players in now, take them to the winter break, integrate them, get them involved in the, the the way that they want to play the game, the shape, the formation, the system, and also to integrate with the boys as well. Mm. So it's a win-win for, for the clubs if they can get them in that bit earlier. Yes, plenty of transfer discussion coming up. Were you at a championship or lower league game at the weekend? Share your thoughts on that as well. And you may remember... I can't believe it's been a year But usually around this time of the season We have the break Things tend to get a bit quiet We did a, a grassroots football week in the, in the last couple of seasons We're doing something similar this year So what you're going to want to do Is hang around for the second hour all week uh, We're going to get a couple of Different features and interviews Lined up for you That I'm sure you will enjoy So we'll kick that off tonight After 7 o'clock But in the meantime Let's hear from you 0141 951 1025 That's the number you need And on Twitter We are at Clyde SSB uh, Right As Hugh says um, Deals for Bio and Wea Getting closer But we'll delve into those A bit later on Over the weekend Alex yep. um, These have been the worst kept secrets <laughs> in, in, in recent times um, But Stephen Davis And Jermaine Defoe Officially became Rangers players Yesterday yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Defoe was first uh, initially on an 18-month contract and then followed by Stephen Davis. I've been saying f- f- for a several weeks now, Rangers have really struggled for that killer instinct. And for me, part of the reason is that they need a midfielder who can dictate play, someone who can probe and be a bit more incisive with their passing. Stephen Davis very much comes into that. He also adds tenacity. Uh, he also adds goals as well. So... I don't think it was a, a tough one for Stephen Davis to, to do that. Uh, and what it will also allow Stephen, Davi- uh, Stephen Gerrard to do is maybe play with one sitter and Davis and Arfield to then go and probe with your wide men, Morelos. And it also gives him an option with the four to then go to two up top. So there's so many more facets now to the way the Rangers can play uh, their games. Whether they try and get Kamara in now and Jones... Um, it's a wee bit controversial in terms of what Jones put out there. You know, I think a lot of the Kamalot fans were a wee bit up in arms in terms of his, his tweet. Uh, he, he, he subsequently posted a tweet afterwards to say that, you know, thanks very much for the three years and he's still very much a Kamalot player. But I wouldn't be surprised if Stephen Jenner tried to get him in there. For me, he would be a really good addition in terms of, uh, you know, trying to push these wingers and give them more options going forward. I have to think it was a silly thing that he did. You know, footballers aren't paid for their intelligence. They're paid to play football. But uh, I think it's a silly thing to do, you know, because his next game is against Rangers. So it would have been better had he just simply shared his joy with the fans at becoming 
a Rangers player at the start of next season without throwing in slogans and all the rest of it. I think it's a great story for him. I said in Saturday's programme, I recalled the day I phoned Alec Ray when he was coming back in the twilight of his years to join Rangers and we'd have terrific conversation and I enjoyed writing the story and I felt genuinely happy for Alec that he was going to the club that he loved. But it was not the time for Jordan Jones to say this because... Kilmarnock are only one point away from Rangers and Celtic. They're going for the title. Be Kilmarnock until you're not. Uh, as for Stephen Davis, you don't need to search too hard, Hugh, to find things that will make you feel old these days. But mm. nine years, I've looked it up exactly wow. since he, since he joined Rangers on loan the first time. Yeah. Um, I suppose a lot has happened since then. But in many ways, um, I was surprised to, to find out it was quite so long. Anyway, nine years ago in January, uh, he joined on loan. He's back. He's obviously 34 now. More than 200 appearances for Rangers previously. Um, a more experienced player, obviously. I think he's a great signing for Rangers. And I'll give you another telephone conversation. When he left Rangers, uh, as the club was sinking uh, into the lower leagues in Scottish football, in fact, to the bottom tier of Scottish football, he said to me, I will come back one day. I want to come back one day. And I knew he would, uh, because he has Rangers in his heart as well. And I think he's such a clever footballer. There's no downside to acquiring a Stephen Davis. He's a great signing for Stephen Gerrard. And just in terms of time frames, Alex, if you're one of those that follows uh, footballers on Instagram, you will see that Timothy Weah is... On what? Uh, yeah, never mind. I'll explain that to you at the break. Is 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 in Dubai, is heading to Dubai, yep. and therefore that, that deal with Celtic will be, you would imagine, concluded fairly soon. Yeah, I would imagine that will be done and dusted by the end of play tonight. Uh, it's an interesting, I think you touched upon it in terms of the strategy that Celtic are doing. Ollie Buck, Timothy Weah, Tim Weah, um, they're looking... To do what they've done in recent seasons It's been very successful for them Hugh's right it's, it's, The circumstances have changed ever so slightly Because Rangers, Kamarnock, Aberdeen are on the coattails as well and But they've stuck to their strategy They haven't moved from it You know, They've got plenty of experience throughout the Celtic team And they've brought a couple of young guys in uh, It'll be interesting I, I was listening to Burke speak earlier on Saying that he felt as if it was a great opportunity uh, Brendan Rodgers sold him on the club Which I don't think would have taken a lot of selling When you're sitting in the reserves at West Brom So be interesting to see how these guys do. I don't know a great deal about Timothy Weir either. Uh, let's hear from you. 0141 That's the number you need. Twitter is at Clyde SSB. And if we're talking Stephen Davis, don't take our word for it. Let's hear from a man who's been his teammate for club and country. Andy Little believes he could be the man to help Rangers pip Celtic to the title this season. Uh, and he says the new signing can be Stephen Gerrard's main man to rely on. Yeah, I think it's a smart piece of business by Rangers. He's he's been there before. He won't take long to settle back in, you know, and he's a top professional. He understands exactly what's expected of you at a club like Rangers and he knows what it takes to win titles, um, for Rangers and Celtic and any other team who wants to win the league this year, that sort of experience, uh, I think will be crucial. As a leader, he's not a shouter and baller type, you know, he leads by example. He he brings the dressing room exactly what Steven Gerrard has been trying to instill in his players. Um, his standards are incredibly high. He never misses a training session um, and he's, he's very consistent in his performances. And I think with the experience he has, not just in Scottish football, but obviously at the highest level in England and internationally as well, I think he'll bring a level of calmness um, to the dressing room whenever it's needed, whether it's you know, and, and on the pitch in certain games whenever whenever they need someone to take control of the game and, and, and manage the game. I think that's exactly what Steve Davis brings to your team. The title race is at a delicate stage. It could hardly be more finely poised. 
And that's why I raise the question, is Celtic strategy a risky one where you have Timothy Weir at the age of 18, where you have Bayo, who is young, inexperienced and coming from Slovakia, and Ollie Burke, who had a meteoric rise to fame, cost the highest fee ever paid for a Scottish player and has a career which has now lost its way. Will they all hit the ground running for Celtic as they will need to do? Or do you go down the road of bringing in someone like Stephen Davis and Jermaine Defoe who are seasoned campaigners? So one of them's got it right and we'll know at the end of the season because one of them will win the title as a consequence. Graham's a Rangers fan in Easter House. What's in your mind tonight, Graham? Alright, how are you doing? Good, thanks. Uh, Hugh, mm-hmm. I was listening to you on Saturday and you were saying that this season Stephen Gerrard has to maybe won a trophy. I don't think most of, well, most of the Rangers fans don't expect a trophy this year. One of his targets was to stop losing silly goals at Ibrox, find better players, compete with Celtic in a one-off game, well, over the four games, and just for, try and finish second. But I... I think it's great credit to Jared that we're talking about he could win a trophy this year but I don't think he has to win one and I don't think I said he had to win one I said and and I've always maintained uh, yes I always maintain you will know when Rangers have crossed the line between aspiring to be back to where they used to be and having arrived at where they used to be when they win a trophy the club needs a tangible sign of success The Scottish Cup would be that. But I believe that in his subconscious, Stephen Gerrard knows he's got a real chance of winning the title this season. However, if he doesn't, there will be no demonstrations in the street. But as a club, Rangers need a trophy as a tangible sign of success. Graham, Graham, see, having seen Rangers and where they're at at the moment, where would you put them in place? If if you were going into the Scottish Cup, would you... Go in there confident Oh aye Aye yeah. I, I think they could still win the league I don't think they will But there's a chance But I think Where they've came from In six months When you think of the Progress Standard yeah. the managers Gerrard's up against We has an experience I think he's been outstanding And I think Rangers are Progressing well Whether we won a trophy This year or not It doesn't matter I don't think but, your Chevella supporters will, will take the It doesn't matter attitude I think Having reached this stage Of the season and here we are in the winter break and contemplating the return to football in a couple of weeks' time, I believe the majority of the Rangers supporters think that the title can be won this season. It would be an astonishing achievement on Steven Gerrard's part if he did that because there has never been a time in the history of the rivalry between Celtic and Rangers when Celtic have been more financially dominant as a club. They have... Millions in the bank Able to be devoted to the team At a time when Rangers Don't spend much money Because they don't have much money to spend So if Steven Gerrard wins a title Under those circumstances In his first season as a manager It is an astonishing achievement And at this stage in the season Rangers very definitely Have a chance of winning the title Graham, what are you making of the transfer business so far? Well it's looking really good I think the Defoe deal is outstanding because I think Morelos really needs a hand I think he's young and I think he could probably learn after Defoe and some... Davis well Davis just if he's as good as he was the last time it'll be a really good sign I know 
See when it comes to someone like Stephen Davis, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, you, what you get back is a more experienced player, a player who's been playing at a higher level. But let's be honest, the, the aging process happens to everyone. So you probably get a guy who isn't as mobile as he once was, or whatever that may be, whatever way that manifests itself in him. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking more sort of mentally, psychologically. Is that a benefit having someone who? You don't have to worry about you know handling the the expectations or the pressure because they know the place ultimately ability and the way to impact the football game that's the most important thing, but it must be a nice factor to be able to take into account. But you're absolutely right in terms of coming back a more rounded individual. But I think if you go back six years ago, Stephen Davis was one of Rangers' more influential players. But I think one of the key things as well um, when people were bringing back Alan McGregor. They know what's expected. They know how to run a dressing room. Now, Stephen Davis will go in there and automatically get the respect to the players. Um, I'd be interested to see what kind of influence he may well have in some of the younger guys as well. We've obviously spoken about Morelis time after time on the show. I think he could quite easily kind of put an arm around him, some McCrory and all these younger guys, Middleton, and help them along the way with development. But from Stephen Gerrard's point of view, it's just about what he does on the pitch because we're only talking about six-month deal. Uh, uh, from the off So he could more He'll come in I'll be interested to see Where he, where he, where he lines up And where he is fitness wise as well Because I don't think He's played a great deal this year I think he's something Along the lines of 11 games uh, And I think a 3 or 4 of them Were for, for Northern Ireland So it's Whether he's up to speed At the moment And just throw him in Because Technically he was brilliant uh, It's interesting Because when he was In 2012 Southampton Chief Scout uh, Paul Mitchell uh, called me and says We're going to sign Davis Tell us what his, his attributes were And I couldn't be any more complimentary To what he brought to the table Technical Can handle the ball Good, good legs Puts his foot in So there was a lot of good And they had no hesitation Mitch Because mm. I think they were all Halfway down the road anyway To sign him uh, We will be hearing from Oliver Burke soon On the show But let's hear from you In the meantime 01419511025 Twitter is At Clyde SSB Lynette is a Rangers fan In Coatbridge Hi Lynette Hi there, panel. How are you? Not Good. too bad. Not too bad at all. What are you making of the signing so far? Sorry? What are you making of your team's signing so far? Um, I think it's really good for the team. Um, but I was just wondering, um, I don't know if you've read that Morelos has travelled plus the team today. Do you think that this is maybe, maybe he's going to get uh, sold because he's not travelled? I know um, Gerard's gave him an extra day off, but... I'm just finding it a wee bit iffy Don't I know think, what you think about it I think Stephen Gerrard is on record And on several occasions As saying that Morelos will not be sold in this window And I don't believe that Stephen Gerrard would be happy If Morelos was sold in this window Because it would be against his wishes And he's the manager However, if Celtic If, if Rangers, I beg your pardon If Rangers were to receive An astronomical sum of money For uh, Alfredo Morelos Then of course They'd have to think about it But I can only go back to The manager saying On more than one occasion That Morelos Will not be sold In this window Well I've heard these stories as well um, I think he'd been well, I actually don't know Exactly what the story is But I'm led to believe He's gone back to Colombia He's been Yeah but he has been back So So it's just a case of Whether it's an extra day To get back or so But uh, I would be really surprised I said it before They can't afford to sell Alfredo Morelos uh, The manager wants him to stay 
But again, I'm, I'm realistic to know that if a, a substantial offer, because then I'm agreeing with you that if something substantial comes in, then they've got a decision to make as a club, uh, you know, because obviously it's a business as we, well. We are arithmetically challenged in this country. We frequently get two and two to add up to five. And uh, everyone assumes, ah, Jermaine Defoe's in, that means that Morelos is being sold. No, it doesn't. Uh, Lynette, is that something that worries you going forward that he could be tempted away during this window? I think it is a hard because I'll be honest, um, I think we still need Morelos regardless of the signings. I don't know what you think of that, but I think he's been one of the better strikers since, well, I don't know, maybe Alan McCoyce and Mark Hately we've had. I don't know what you think of that, but Ooh, I do. It's high praise. Would it, would it frighten you, Lynette, if I give you my guarantee he will not be sold? <laughs> that would terrify I'm sure it would. Uh, okay, thank you to Lynette in Coat Bridge, a Rangers fan. Still plenty of time for you to get involved. We're here until 8 o'clock, 0141 951 1025. We are on Twitter at Clyde SSB as well. And we're going to be hearing from Celtic's new signing, Oliver Burke, next. Let's hear from you after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. It's Hugh Keevens and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Give us a call if you want to get involved in the discussion, or if you'd rather tweet, you'll find us at Clyde SSB. Uh, let's hear from Celtic's new signing, Oliver Burke. He thinks Brendan Rodgers is the perfect man to help get his career back on track. He says the Hoops boss sold him on a move north and the 21-year-old can't wait to get going. Amazing feeling. Great to be here with the lads in Dubai and to meet up for their uh, for their camp going into the next half of the season. And privileged to be here and I'm really excited to, to start. I just want to uh, kick on now and um, get as many games as, as I can under my belt and show what I'm capable of. And um, I know I'm under the right manager here, under Brendan. He's fantastic. Influenced me a lot to come here and um, with the chat we had. I know he's the right man for to, to help me develop and um, to get the very best out of me I haven't played many games uh, as I'd like to but there's a possibility here for me um, as soon as Celtic let us know I was really keen and um, here I am now and hopefully it's, it's for the better for me now uh, I'm just really happy to be here and embracing the moment and um, hopefully this is the, the right thing for me to come here on loan and make it my home for the next six months I still want to kick on and still want to prove what I can do and um, and just pl- just play and enjoy myself um, and get back to where I was. Oliver Burke there speaking to Sky over at Celtic's training camp in Dubai. Hugh, you can understand why he, he says those things about Brendan Rodgers. In his time at Celtic, a number of players, a number of young players uh, have improved. The, the, the standard of their play has got better. Oliver Burke, understandably, thinks he can be the next one. He's a long-term Celtic target because I was speaking to someone today who assures me that when uh, Oliver Burke was at RB Leipzig, uh, Celtic inquired about the possibility of getting him over on loan at Celtic Park. So he's a long-term favourite of Brendan Rodgers. And you're right in what you say, Gordon. You you, You go back to Brendan Rodgers' very first signing, Scott Sinclair, whose career had gone into a lull and Brendan Rodgers turned him into Scotland's Player of the Year in one season. The Celtic fans will be hoping that Oliver Burke can do something similar in half a season. Yeah, I'll be looking to try and make some sort of impact, Gordon. He's only, I think, it's two or three games this season for West Brom, and uh, it's interesting because he's obviously went to Germany, and I, I read some of his quotes at the time. He says because of the level and the standard, he was really enjoying it, but he wasn't featuring a lot. So uh, it's whether he can start putting some of this into practice because... 
I think he's had five or six clubs already And he's only 21 So he needs to get roots down If he could make a big impact Then he may well become a regular at Celtic uh, I mean it was certainly started at Nottingham Forest Leipzig, West Brom I think there's only one short loan on top Bradford, of that yeah. um, But anyway One thing is for sure And he mentions it himself that This is not a secret Hugh This is this is not a criticism He started 19 league matches In his oh. career Started So he, he clearly Doesn't sound like he's coming here To sit on the bench And, and play a bit part His performances will dictate that yeah. But ultimately You would imagine For, for both parties This is a, a A deal which Both parties imagine Him being in the, the In the first team regularly This huge fee That RB Leipzig Paid Nottingham Forest For Oliver Burke Always gets in the way Because we're all obsessed by money He had this meteoric and, by rise By the way don't forget West Brom paid a, a bigger yeah, fee yeah, yeah. I think 15, to, yeah. to get yeah, him from, 15, from yeah. He's had a meteoric rise His career has gone in a backward direction That would be impossible to argue against that You don't go from the Bundesliga To unable to get a start for West Brom And not have gone backwards But Celtic offer him the chance to once again go forward at a high rate of knots And it's now entirely up to Oliver Burke To show that he can fulfil the potential That everyone believes he has 0141 For you to have your say We're also on Twitter uh, Anthony's a Celtic fan on the line He's just along the road in Tel Aviv, Israel Hi Anthony Yep, very, very close Just around the corner How are you doing guys? Happy New Year Same to you Anthony What's on your mind as a Celtic fan at the moment then? Um, well, you did touch on Ollie Burke there. The guy did have massive, like everyone was talking big about him quite a few years ago, and he did disappear. And it's funny when we signed Ollie Burke just now on loan. I did a bit of research about last January, and this is actually not why I've called up, but it's made me think about it. Did you realise Kuwasi only started ten senior games in Russia last year? And Celtic paid three million pounds for him, so that shocked me a bit. The guy had very, very little pedigree, and Celtic were willing to pay three million pounds for him. Kuasi might not be the best example to bring up, Anthony, with respect, what? because uh, you know he has. No, but I don't think Anthony's using Kuasi as an example of why Oliver Burke will be good. No, but no, it wasn't using. It wasn't an example. It was just. It just got me thinking. And it wasn't really the point why I was calling up. So um, I was just, it just got me thinking about, listen, Ollie Burke could be sensational. Who knows? No one knows. I hope for Celtic's sake, hope for my sake, he is fantastic. And it really could give him like an energy boost to getting back into the Scotland team and good for Scotland too. You know? Is it worth considering, Hugh, that different. Different clubs have different uh, situations that they find themselves in I'm not saying this is going to happen I'm just exploring it as an option Might Oliver Burke, a player who clearly likes attacking more than he does defending A player who thrives at the top end of the pitch Might playing for Celtic suit him more than playing for West Brom Playing for a team who certainly last season would have been up against it all the time And then to an extent this season in the Championship Sometimes... Playing for a team that's always in the front foot suits yep. different players. Yeah, you get every chance uh, that that is the case and that he could thrive here. He has to thrive here because we live in a very simple, uncomplicated world. Rangers are in with a chance of winning the title. Therefore, every game that follows the end of the winter break will be a game of Russian roulette for Celtic, for Rangers, and for Kilmarnock, who are only one point behind. 
And if you like Aberdeen Who are not that far away either Therefore Whether it's Oliver Burke Timothy Weir Bio Stephen Davis Jermaine Defoe They all have to hit the ground running Because The margin for error Has gone out the window entirely And they must deliver on potential On experience On whatever attributes they bring To their respective clubs Ollie Burke There's no point in getting on about Nottingham Forest RB Leipzig West Bromwich Albion Oliver Burke is For the remainder of the season A Celtic player He has to hit Mm. the ground running Is that something worth considering Alex When you talk about Style of play And environments that players thrive in Because Comparing Oliver Burke In terms of what he did at West Brom He's coming into a completely different environment at Celtic, a, a team which is expected to win every game, which attacks more than it defends. You know, yeah, do you think that that could suit him? Well, if it was me, I would prefer to come into a team that was actually similar to Celtic, top of the league. They've got internationals all over the place. They've got movement, they've got power, they've got pace, and they, and they actually have a lot of the territory and the ball, Gordon. So, in terms of the environment, he couldn't have asked for a better place because I've played in the Championship for a long, long time. It's very physical. And when you go to that level, the guys you're playing against are all physical as well. They're all mobile. They're all technically very good. So, when he, but this is with the greatest respect to Scotland. When he comes up here, they will be playing against guys at a lesser quality, uh, and he will be looking to try and thrive in that. Because if he doesn't thrive in this, then you're thinking to yourself, where does he go from here? No, this is not to put pressure on. It's just the reality of coming yeah. to a big club like Celtic. I mean, I'm thinking about an attacker. Yes, on you go, Anthony. Um, it wasn't really the point I was wanting to call out for and if it's okay if I can just of course, mention it you to you very very briefly I listened to the podcast probably every day and last week there was non-stop talk about Morelis the three incidents against Celtic and to be perfectly honest that whole Morelis thing didn't even bother me in the slightest what bothers me is the way that Celtic played not just against Rangers but against Amirin, Livingston, Kilmarnock Hibernian, and Motherwell and Hearts True, all these games were away from home But there's definitely more to it than that The point he makes is a valid one Celtic have dropped far too many points They have become far too predictable They have on occasion chosen the wrong team In other words, Brendan Rodgers has chosen the wrong team He has done things, for example Like put Callum McGregor to left back at Ibrooks, Thereby destroying the influence That Callum McGregor can have On the games against Rangers And has had on several occasions The wrong team has been chosen Now and then The wrong performances Without a plan B Have been delivered Now and then The consequence of that Is that 18 points Have been dropped in half a season By Celtic That is an astonishing Total of points to be dropped by a side Who have their strength and depth It should not happen uh, When you look at the, the news for today Alex Celtic closing in on a £2 million deal For Vakun Isuf Bayo um, PSG's Timothy Weir Also in Dubai About to undergo a medical Certainly within the next day or so um, Pretty obvious which end of the yep. End of the field That Brendan Rodgers is um, Prioritising Listen it's still a long window I'm not. That's not to say Celtic Don't go on in the next three weeks And sign defensive players But within the opening week of the window yeah. um, It's quite clear that it's been one area Of the field that they're focusing on It was on record Brendan is saying That we're looking to bring in two strikers Gordon You know because of the Lee Griffiths situation They were left very thin up top uh, Obviously where Bio comes into that fold So that would 
plug that hole I'm not sure there'll be another striker uh, With potentially Lee Griffiths When he eventually comes back What about Oliver Burke as an option there? Well it's interesting because I, I said this at the weekend and I've seen him playing through the middle I've also seen him play off the right hand side He's extremely powerful And when the game stretched It would be, it'd be formidable uh, they were talking about him coming off the left hand side. For me, that's not really his thing. He's, he's, he's better running onto the ball and things. So, uh, but you never know. Uh, but it's another option, Gordon. So you've got three guys there. At, and it, uh, Mark Guidi was right in what he said at the weekend. He can play right across right, central, through the middle. Uh, probably plays a number 10 as well, coming, arriving late. So um, there's plenty of legs. I think that's one of the things that you actually associate with players that Celtic are bringing in. You know, all young guys, all athletic and powerful. Because what is it? When you're looking at a winger who can play up front Is is it usually the physical side of their game that's missing? Take Mikey Johnson for example yeah. Played ever so well for Celtic in the lead up Had to, had to start at Ibrooks due to the absence um, of Odson Edward And as, as good as he is yeah. And as good as he has been it, it, You just lose something when it's a, a typical winger If you like who goes yeah. up front Whereas Oliver Burke is whatever 6-3 and very powerful I think at home Celtic can get away with playing with guys like Mikey Johnson through the middle you know we've seen it in times gone by where they haven't had a striker and what they do is just because they've so much of the ball the movement and they carve people open I think once you start playing against the, the bigger teams away from home someone make a, like Mikey Johnson physically would actually struggle to cope with that and we, and we saw that at Ibrox but listen he's still a young man potential is phenomenal you know, for me it's more off the side rather than through the middle Oliver Burke will come and play for Celtic in the the first game after the winter break first Do, do you think he'll start here? Oh yeah Without question Ooh. I think his first game Will be at Celtic Park In the league After the break On that lush surface At Celtic Park With the lights on The whole place buzzing And he's got that big park To show what he can do He runs like a gazelle He's got strength he, he, he What position do you What position is he playing on the day then? I think he'll play wide Let's speak to John and Cumbernauld Hi John Hello. Hi, John. Hi there. Uh, I was just commenting about all of the signings that have been made in terms of I'm a Celtic fan. I've not been all that impressed with the signings. Well, apart from possibly Bayou, uh, I'm not really all that and feel threatened by the Rangers signings either. I think Buck could probably maybe take about two or three months to actually get fit for Scottish football. And it's the same with the two Rangers players as well. So I don't really think they're going to hit the ground, hit the ground running. Uh, but may well play in the first game but because that's like a cup game and it's not like a, a top Premier League team uh, as for uh, Weir again it's, it's just another young player that we're going to sign and that, that's maybe possibly talented but when you look at the ones young players that were signed you, they maybe get about three out of six or seven that are actually successful Uh I think Defoe and Davis, again, they could take a little bit of time to get up to speed. But they'll find it a lot more difficult and a lot more harder in Scottish football than they would find it in English football. They won't be marked in uh, English football like they will be in Scottish football. I just want to think, you know, what the panel thinks. I think there's an element of wishful thinking about your uh, line of questioning there, John, because I don't think that Jermaine Defoe and Stephen Davis, having played in England's Premier League, Will find Scottish football too much for them to handle. Uh, by the same token, yeah, because in fairness to John, he's, he's he's not just decrying Rangers signings. He's a Celtic fan, and he's telling you he's, he's actually not overly filled with, with, with their signings either. Well, you know, the the clubs go in. Stephen Gerrard is delighted with what he's done. Brendan Rodgers clearly a long 
outstanding fan of Ollie Burke must be happy to have him there uh, he would be hoping that Timothy Weir could be uh, another Moussa Dembele or Odson Edouard in the making uh, and for Celtic to pay £2 million plus for someone from the Slovakian league they must have studied him and have belief in him if any or all of them take two or three months to settle into Scottish football they're no use to you because the league will be done by then uh, What about that Alex? Because of course we we look at players in terms of sort of CV and we think of them as, as always being at their best this applies to any of them of course yeah Oliver Burke as John says hasn't played a lot of football neither Jermaine Defoe neither Steve Davis how much of that does come into account Ideally you would like to have played a lot more games Gordon you know when you look at some of these guys who've only played a couple of matches this is that season. why January's tough because you're just not going to sign a guy who's been at a good a level regular. playing week in week out the, the only way they'll be playing week in week out is if you pay top dollar for them I said this prior to the window opening it's not an ideal month you're picking up guys that are not playing you're picking up younger guys who are not featuring either but I think John makes a valid point in terms of uh, uh, having played most of my career in, uh, in England at a very good level you think you can come up and stroll it mm. I did, you know I was flying the year before I was playing against some of the best players in the world and then you come up and all of a sudden it's a lot more frantic people are in your face and it's interesting just to give you an example Joey Barton wins a championship player of the month eh, sorry the season yep. and he comes up here and because he's playing at a team like Burnley it's like high press second balls but when you come to Rangers you have to dictate the ball and this is why I think Stephen Davis will be ideal because he has did that his whole career so it's not as if He's coming up and asking to do a different role where he's fighting and scrapping. And it is a totally different game. And some players adapt to it and others don't. So you can't say for any certainty that one or the other will come up and, you know, tear it up because Scottish football is unique in terms of the way it's high tempo, it's pressing, scratching, fighting. Uh, so it's about how you adapt to that. Thank you very much to John in Cumbernauld. If you want involved, it's 0141 Twitter. Uh, is that Clyde SSB? Remember we used to have a player that was dubbed in Scotland Mini Messi. Can you remember that? Well, oh, he might yes. be coming back to Scotland. We'll look at that and more of your calls next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. It's Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Remember, this is the proper winter shutdown week, the middle week where things tend to get a bit quieter. So all this week in the second hour, like we did with our grassroots week in previous seasons, uh, we're going to bring you a series of interviews and features, something a bit different, stuff that we perhaps don't get the time to do uh, when the, the madness of the season is in full swing. So we're going to be joined by a man you may know uh, from social media already, Paul McNeil uh, from the Scottish FA. He's got an incredible story to tell you're going to be um, very interested in that and we'll speak to him after 7 o'clock in the meantime let's crack on with the news in the transfer business Stephen is on Twitter he says Celtic definitely required a new striker and someone who can play left wing however the priority positions are right back and centre back also a lot of dead wood kicking around it's time to move them on uh, and Raffles says Please inform Hugh Celtic are top of the league they have a game in hand they've won the league cup there is no proof this will change he says and so there I've there, told you Hugh And there's no proof This will not change It's a dangerous attitude To take uh, That because you have A game in hand Everything's fine uh, Celtic And Brendan Rodgers In particular Will know That there's a, a Fight on And it will begin When Celtic play St Mirren at Celtic Park First game After the winter break 0141 That's the number You need Alan's a Rangers fan In Stirling Hi Alan how are you doing guys? It's happening to get these out. Same Thank to you, you, Alan. What's on your mind tonight? 
Uh, just two quick points. Um, we heard at the start of the season that Celtic had too too much strength and depth um, for Rangers to even mount a challenge against them. And then all, over here now is that uh, Celtic never had a recognised striker against Rangers. That's how they never won the game. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, if Edward's worth £9 million, I'm, I'm very sorry to say, but what the hell? Oh, sorry. What's uh, Morelos worth? He's worth a lot more than £9 million, I can assure you that. That's just my two quick points, guys. Well, you know, yes, Celtic do have strength and depth, but you have to make it tell. And Celtic have dropped far too many points first half of the season. Uh, four defeats in the first half of the season. That's more defeats than Brendan Rodgers had in two full seasons before this one. And also, for we're being fair, when people made those comments, if Alan is talking about the start of the season, yep. and particularly if you're talking about a striker, the Lee Griffiths thing is unforeseen. Oh. You know, so... It's sort of easy to, to say many, after the event There's many factors Gordon I think if you were looking at the start of the season And you look at what Celtic have done in the two previous years Rangers were in disarray in the summer You know when you look at the turnover of players You weren't quite sure what type of player would come through the door So we can only assess it then at the time And and you was probably right what he says in terms of the Celtic had strength and depth You look at Rangers and you know I don't think anyone could have foreseen The 14 games in Europe So for them still to be where they are at the moment It's good progress but it means nothing, Gordon. If they start the, 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 you know, after the winter break, they've got some really tough games against Commandant away to Livingston. So they're the games that matter because they have to continue the momentum on the back of the old firm game. And that's why the the argument about oh, if Odson Edwards worth nine million pounds, what's Morelos worth? <laughs> that's a redundant argument until we get to the end of the season. For all Alan knows, Odson Edwards might be on fire second half of the season and score the goals that win the championship. Well, uh, I've seen there's no chance of that happening. Oh well, oh. that's it done and dusted then. <laughs> He's certainly shown glimpses, has he not, Alan? Would you not concede that? Whether that adds up to nine million, I have no idea. But to be honest with you, I would never pay nine million for him. Wouldn't be gave you nine pounds for him for what I've seen this season? Well, that's just a you know that's a silly comment. Uh, you know, were you watching last season when he cut inside and scored the goal that beat Rangers at Ibrox? The thing is as well no. you, to, to, Alan just to put it in perspective He scored 14 goals so far uh, This season So if he continues to do that In the second part of the season for Celtic Then they would be obviously looking at 28 goals uh, That would be a decent return for a guy It's just his first season in this country So I don't think we can make comparisons too early You know and, and you know, Morelos came in last year And got 19 goals uh, You know for the full season So I think we have to put it in perspective. I think we've got two really good young talents, one at Rangers, one at Celtic. So I actually enjoy the fact that we've got this kind of talent in Scotland. Uh, what do you make of Defoe and Davis, Sal, and the most recent signings? Uh, Defoe for me is uh, a cracking signing. Uh, Steve Davis, I'm not, I'm not very sure of, but uh, Defoe is just top class. Why, top Alan, class. Why, why, Alan, why are you not quite sure what Stephen Davis is going to bring to the table in terms of uh, six years ago I he was here? Maybe a bit leggy now, you know, he's for running the midfield, so I don't think he's got the legs for it. I've Alan, I, 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 I haven't seen I haven't seen Stephen Davis a great deal. I, I watched him in an international game and he was probably the best midfielder on the park uh, earlier on in this season, so uh, obviously it's difficult to gauge When you're talking about domestic I mean, football It's certainly an understandable concern isn't no, it? It may, think, it may in the fullness of time not be justified yeah. But you can see why Why no, people make that yeah, leap that, Well the only reason they make that leap Gordon Is the majority of people won't have seen him on a regular basis Because he hasn't played a great mm. deal 11 games this season So, um, But for me It's just a bit of a case of assessing him where he is And uh, the, uh, one of the callers earlier on was saying that um, They were saying that 
they're not sure who will hit the ground running because of the lack of games mm. so it'll be interesting to see who does it's not just Celtic and Rangers that are making moves it's happening all over the country so whatever team you support you have wants and needs in the window let us hear from you 01419511025 Neil Lennon says Ryan Gold will bring creativity the, the type that his Hibs side have been missing uh, the midfielder's been in Portugal of course for recent seasons he's closing in on a loan move uh, and Lennon says he would be interested in making it permanent and he also hopes to bring in two strikers as well big wish list yeah, possibility of being beyond that. Um, obviously, if it suits both parties, he's a player that I've liked for a long, long time. Uh, he's a great player at Dundee United. I'm what I like about what Ryan's done. He's gone abroad and you know tried a different culture. I think that's really impressive for a young player to do that. Sometimes wish I'd have done that during my career. But I think he's uh, physically better now, and obviously technically. You know, he's an excellent player and he will bring that bit of creativity that we've been missing. You've been quite open about the fact that your, your strikers at, at times have not done what you, you want them to do. Are you intent on bringing another striker in? You know, if we can bring two in, great. We're hopefully, you know, wanting to bring at least one in. Just to add to what we have yet. I mean, there's times they've been a bit flat um, and we need that extra bit of competition and motivation for them all. Ryan Gold. Fascinating. Thoughts? Fascinating. Because he's been out of the country for so long. Uh, yes, Neil Lennon is absolutely correct It's not often that you get players Going from Scotland to a foreign country And assimilating themselves into the culture As well as Ryan Gold has done in Portugal But he's been around You know, he's been loaned out here Loaned out there uh, How can he, How does he re-assimilate himself Into his own culture in Scotland Where, as Alex said He came up from the English Championship And found that the, everybody was in his face well, Ryan Gold will certainly find that to be the case. I was I actually, it was actually the Premier Shoot Show, but we'll hold that against I, I beg your pardon. <laughs> Having said that, if Ryan Gold, and again, I'm, I'm majorly simplifying this, if Ryan Gold handled it as a 17, 18 year old yep. here at Dundee United, you have to imagine that he's at least got a good chance of of doing it again. Yeah, but we'd have to replicate that kind of early form. He, he, he lit up the Dundee United team, he looked apart. Uh, I'll be honest I felt with the time He looked a wee bit Kind of slight Due to his age I've not quite I've not really seen him play The last three or four years Technically a very very good footballer Got some goals as well When he was here I think he got seven In about ten games It was a A, a good uh, spell for him And um, But in terms of the, you know, About loans Hugh He's only started nine games oh. uh, In the last few years You know yeah. it's, it, it, And you look at that talent And it's an important time Hugh You know Maybe about 18 to 22 And you think to yourself Surely that's, you know, and hindsight's a great thing and he's experienced a different culture, but he really needs to get his career up and running. Well, I hope he's not come back with a Portuguese hairstyle, a hairband. He has, I've seen recent pictures. Have you seen it, Gordon? What's wrong with that? Well, because he's back in the country where they try to rip your spleen out on the park, so... Do you know why he's he's, he's feeling good about himself in his own fashion uh, situation mm-hmm. at the moment? Mm-hmm. Because that is clearly a new Christmas shirt. Look at hey. the collar on that, Christine. Alex Ray. He's got the tie and collar this afternoon. That collar... Is straight out the packet can No I, doubt about it Can I just point out This is a slim fit shirt It looks it as well how, how fit do you want to be at 47 eh? I'm not even sure the cardboard's been taking out that call <laughs> uh, Oh is that what it is? More generally on, on on Ryan Gold Not not specifically on that player But what it does show you Hugh And, and this is why we should be excited about the second half of the season mm-hmm. Because if we know the way this works Glasgow we're talking about Jermaine Defoe And we're talking about Oliver Burke and so on yeah. um, But Kilmarnock are right in the mix They yeah. won't want to stand still um, Hibs of course perhaps a bit further back But they want to improve You're hearing Neil Lennon talking about Two new strikers A Ryan Gold type to perhaps go in and do the job That Scott Allen did in the second half of the season 
in the last campaign um, Aberdeen extending the contract of Sam Cosgrove to date So they all know the situation that they're in And they all want to get better Yeah, in his heart of hearts Steve Clark will not have given up on this incredible story That would be Kilmarnock winning the title They're only one point off Celtic and Rangers You would have to show them respect And say that if he made one or two tweaks Then who knows what might be in store for Kilmarnock And they start off with Rangers at Rugby Park When the winter Mm. break ends I mean Aki is on Twitter at Clyde SSB And he says Gold will be a good signing Mm. for the Highbees Along with the arrival uh, for Allen To bring back that creative midfield we need Hopefully will allow the front line of Flomac As he calls them (laughs) to to flourish It was was mm. never going to be easy Alex For Hibs to replace a midfield which lost John McGinn, Dylan McGeoch and Scott Allen. For the first few weeks, couple of months of the season, it looked like they actually may manage it, then it it tailed off a bit. That was always going to be a huge ask. Yeah, well, you're you're, you're talking about uh, quality there, Gordon. I think one of the key things I know for uh, the way that uh, Hibs play, I think Scott Allen would be an ideal replacement to win there and play because he's played his best football under Neil Lennon. And and I, I think that Hibs will try and facilitate that. I think that's one of the ones that Neil's trying to go over the line with gold, you know, it brings that spark. I think that's one of the things that Neil's been kind of critical of. They're creating chances, but they're not really capitalising. As a club, Hibs need to show faith in Neil Lennon and invest in the manager because he has done a terrific job at Easter Road, but they have gone backwards a little bit because of the lack of strength and depth. Now, he needs Leanne Dempster and Rod Petrie to back the team. But do you know, like, do you know, think they have you when you look at Camberry and McLaren and that coming back? Stevie Mallon wouldn't have been cheap either. They paid a fee for him, so they've obviously backed him in that respect. Beat the pundit with goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. It is time for Beat the Pundit The chance for you to show off your footballing knowledge Against Hugh Keevans or Alex Ray And maybe even walk away with a signed ball at the end If tonight is your night Pick up the phone Dial 01419511025 And do it now Because you only have until the news at 7 o'clock Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to thompsons.com Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Like I've been saying all week, we're going to bring you a series of features and interviews in the second hour to keep us ticking along nicely since it's uh, the winter break. We're joined in the studio by Paul McNeil from the Scottish FA. Some of you may be familiar with his story if you are uh, a big follower on social media. And if you're not, then you're certainly going to enjoy it anyway. So stay tuned and we'll get to that after we play Beat the Pundit. Beat the Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL latest Every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday It is time for Beat the Pundit Hugh Keevans is standing by Alex Ray is standing by And one of them is going to be taking on Mark from Linwood How are you Mark? I'm alright guys, how are you Yeah good thanks, have you ever played before Mark? Yeah I've played once before Who did you play? Um, who was it I played? Well, it can't have been Jim that Duffy memorable Jim Duffy Oh did you beat him? Uh, no, I get beat by one point. Oh, right. Chance to redeem yourself then against Hugh or Alex. I'll toss the coin. Head, you're up against Hugh. Tails, it is Alex, and it is Tails. Alex, right, get those headphones on, and I'll give you a bit of the old uh, Clyde 2 in your ear. Give me the, the nod. Yes, right. So you can't hear what we are saying, Mark. Let's get the clock uh, up and running. You've got 30 seconds, as you know. You're going head to head. You can pass. Here is your chance to beat the pundit. You ready? Yep. 
Leeds Connor Shaughnessy Has joined which Scottish Premiership club? Dundee In what year did Oliver Burke Get his first Scotland cap? 2016 Who's currently bottom Of the Scottish Championship? Falkirk uh, uh, Which current League 2 side Entered the SPFL in 2016? Edinburgh City What's the first name Of Dundee midfielder Woods? Gary at which stadium did Rangers secure nine in a row in 97? Eh, uh, what's that? Eh, uh, Okay, no, just in the nick of time, I would say. Right, Alex Ray, can you hear us? Come on, Eileen. I could, I you've, could, you've moved the mic Sorry you confused me there Right I could just see Alec The pair of dungarees And a wee goatee beard Saying Come on Eileen Kevin, No Kevin Will Yeah okay Kevin Rowland oh, There he goes Name dropping again yeah, yeah, Honestly yeah. Who, was it, who was it last month um, Oh uh, the Beverly Clapton. Knight Beverly Knight Oh Clapton No right Oh sorry Beverly Knight <laughs> here. Beverly Knight played piano In my house yes. and, uh, Yeah I'm sure Okay okay Are you ready for Beat the Pundit <laughs> Yes Go on Alright Leeds Connor Shaughnessy has joined which Scottish Premiership club? Hearts. In what year did Oliver Burke get his first Scotland cap? 2017. Who's bottom of the Scottish Championship? Uh, Partick Thistle. Which current League Two side entered the SPFL in 2016? Edinburgh City. Uh, what's the first name of Dundee midfielder Woods? Callum. At which stadium did Rangers secure nine in a row in 97? Um, Easter Road. And how many different Scottish clubs has Alex McLeish managed? Uh, three. Okay. What do you think, Mark? Do you know what I'm thinking about the, the, the Rangers ones? You fancy your chances, Mark? Uh, not too sure. Not too sure. Right, let's go through and find out. Leeds Connor Shaughnessy has joined which Scottish Premiership club? It is Hearts. Is that a guess? Did you know that one? No, 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 no I read it I've wrote it down Yeah, well done Right, 1-0 to Alex Ray But an equaliser straight away from Mark Because Oliver Burke got his first cap in 2016 Wow It was against Denmark at Hamden I remember that it well That was end, the end of the year, that's right No, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say I remember it well And then I was going to throw out That I think it was John McGinn's debut um, And I clearly don't remember it well If I've got yeah. that one wrong So anyway Who's bottom of the Scottish Championship, Hugh Keevans? Partick Thistle It is Partick Thistle So Alex Ray goes into a 2-1 lead uh, Which league two Side entered the SPFL in 2016 It is Edinburgh City So it's 3 to Alex And 2 to Mark on the line uh, The first name of Dundee midfielder Woods It's Martin Oh, There we go uh, At which stadium did Rangers secure 9 in a row in 97 Alex Ray Come on Charlie Muller on the uh, Is it that one? Loudrop yes. Sanadice yeah. Sanadice yeah See, listen know. to that See all the Rangers fans out there You can never let Alex Ray I, live I that down I it was the 8th I, I, I speak can, to Charlie Charlie tells sorry. that story all the time He says he you, couldn't miss it with the cross You can <laughs> never let him live that down Mark on the line got it So that's an equaliser Which Whoa. means It all comes down to the last question Big Because red. you got the question Mark ran out of time The question Whoa. was How many different Scottish clubs Has Alex McLeish managed? Rangers? Motherwell Motherwell Hibs And Hibs It is three Mark He's Pipchy Last minute winner for Alex Ray Hardlines That's alright No worries at all uh, Good well man done. Third time lucky Mark We'll get you back on another time he's, Look at me He's delighted Even though he got that Rangers question wrong Yeah it's Shameful. all about winning So you've got to find a way to nah. win It's important I'm sorry that That's a horrible shoot Tanadice I thought that would be etched in your memory I thought memory. it was eight I thought it was a trick question <laughs> Nah, I'm not buying that Absolutely not buying that Right Which part of nine was a trick? <laughs> yeah, I've no idea what he's on about No, because I thought it was eight 
And I thought they were just throwing that in Because that's obviously the most famous one <laughs> just Keep digging Anyway, yeah. someone Right, usual rules apply 0141 951 1025 For you to get in touch on the phones On Twitter we are at Clyde SSB But if you are a regular follower of the show You may remember in the winter break last year We had a grassroots week And we did it in fact two years in a row We like to look at during this week in January Aspects of our game that we sometimes don't get the chance to do So we're going to do that all week long here From 7 o'clock to 8 So make sure you stay tuned uh, on all of those nights And I'm pleased to say uh, We're joined by Paul McNeil from the Scottish FA um, Paul I'm going to introduce you as the Head of Community Development We're not entirely even sure if that is your real job title But will that do? That, that, that seems fine That seems fine No uh, idea what just been promoted <laughs> Yeah exactly uh, Well let's not get bogged down in the title And tell us what it is you do And that, oh, that, that may clear it up uh, a little bit for us That may clear it up um, Yeah, yeah it's um, a kind of wide and varied job title My um. My main remit, as as it probably says in the tin, is to, to look after our community football things. Um, in our country, we have um, six regions um, across the country um, split up to try and look after our grassroots sport. So we have um, regional staff out there along with our football development officers working with our community clubs, um, working with our grassroots clubs, trying to develop our players, trying to develop our coaches. But more importantly, I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to inspire that kind of generation. But it goes a bit wider than that. It's not just football we do anymore. We we see clubs that are now inspiring to do stuff within their within their local communities. So whether or not that they're they're doing food banks, they're visiting care homes, they're stretching out into the community, giving an opportunity to a young person that um might not get that opportunity. Um and I think that that's what we do. We've got a variety of projects. We'd be here for, for far too many um hours trying to speak about them all. But the broad brush about it is trying to engage um, that wide range community all the way through for over 35s walking football now to to allow people to participate in, in my opinion and probably the opinion of a lot of people, the greatest sport mm. in the world. Now listen, this it may not fall under Paul's remit, but if you've got any thoughts on, on sort of grassroots football, things that go, go along in the game that don't quite get the attention they deserve, things below the top level, share them with us on 01419511025. Paul, it sounds to me a bit like what, what you're saying in terms of, of, of what you do and what you and your colleagues do is about trying to use football for good because we all love it, don't we? Well, that's why we that's why we're here every night talking about it. That's why we all turn out to go and watch it or play it. Um, and I suppose it is about harnessing that in the right way. Absolutely, I think we are. I think we're a passionate nation for football. Um, we may be a wee bit insane about it, but I think that's a good thing. I, I think we should harness that passion we have. I'm an ex-shipyard worker I used to live Walk down the road um, At John Brown's shipyard and, and I would laugh When the guys would come in And the first thing They would do Is turn over the newspaper The wrong way around of course To look at the headline And just go mad At the headline Oh I can't believe that And we would have Hours of discussions From shipyard workers Now I think our football Is, is incredible In this country But more importantly For me And, and probably uh, I was on the show Before talking about My kind of uh, journey Through um, some of the things That were put out On, on social media About me <laughs> But I think what we do in this country is we, we give ourselves a disjustice from the grassroots game. We have, um, on average, every weekend, more people playing and participating in our sport that watch it in Scotland. And it goes unheard of. We've got parents, we've got grandparents driving kids, making sure they get to games. We've got over 35s, we've got walking football. We've got some of the best things that happen in our country at the weekend. And, and all I sometimes hear is um, from people, oh, football's the ill of society. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's a, one of the best things we've got. 
for the social development of our society. Now, if you look at it in terms of what we hear, we hear about an obesity epidemic, we hear about young people not getting engaged in physical activity, not eating healthily. I can tell you something at most, well, in fact, at all of our grassroots clubs, you see this passion from volunteers. They just want to make a difference to a young person's life or to an adult's life. I'm 44 years of age now. I have played every Saturday since about 1983. Every week. I now volunteer at my son's team. I now go out there because my social responsibility is to give back to the community. I have 30 brilliant eight-year-olds that turn up on a Friday night. Regardless of the weather, they're just there and they run on that pitch with the biggest smile on their face. And my job is very simply, along with all the volunteers that are there, to make sure that smile doesn't come off their face. And it's brilliant. I mean, Hugh Keevens, understandably, we do, we get... We get and this is not a bad thing We get caught up in, in title races And transfer windows And all the rest of it But sometimes it's okay to stop Take a breath Take a step back and realise And by the way We've got lots of problems as well yeah. But there are lots of things that Worth celebrating about our game and, and, and how we can Like I said earlier Harness that in a positive way Yeah we're obliged to go on about Championship title races And new signings <laughs> Because as Paul has said, it means so much to people who, who live throughout the country, not just in the west of Scotland, but throughout the country. And we are also ladled with bad stories. We've had it all this season from the coin throwers to whatever you want to mention or not mention. But Paul is here to highlight the good that football does and it is capable of doing so much good and to focus on the young you know I've got six grandchildren and they're all rubbish at it but they're, they're but do they smile but do yeah, they smile you know they they, they they love it I hope they're not listening by the way would they listen to me I don't think so adults don't so why would they uh, but yeah it is great I've watched the faces when my grandkids have gone on a Saturday morning indoor stuff uh, and it's wonderful and it, Unfortunately, as ever, the bad things tend to get the headlines and to be highlighted. The things that Paul and his team are doing now get the chance to step into the limelight. Uh, Paul, I think anyone who's listened for the last four minutes or so can tell immediately how passionate you are about about what you do um, and the changes that, that, that you want to make happen. Why is that then? Where where does that come from? I guess this is where your own story comes into play. You might feel now that everyone's heard it, but they won't have. So explain yeah, to us why you're yeah. you're so passionate about it. I, I think probably about um, I think we're now maybe four or five months ago. Well, it, it, it's the best part of maybe six months ago. I was asked to do um, a short video clip on 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 the subject of football saves my life. Um, I've spoke about it very passionately um, for a number of years about my father committing suicide. Um, when I was 22 years of age and it, and it completely devastated my, my life I, I, I kind of found life pretty tricky at that kind of moment in my time and, and I was asked would you go and speak about it and the video clip only goes to about 2-3 minutes minutes long but it, it made quite an impact it, it kind of blew me away slightly and there's a couple of things that happened uh, as I've said before my father takes his own life uh, I played football all my life um, I'm a Sutman fan for my sons but um, but we go to the 87 Scottish Cup final with my dad. Um, I always remember it. I, I can close my eyes and I can remember it as if it was yesterday. I can see still Ian Ferguson hitting the ball, going in the top net. I can feel my dad picking me up, putting me above my head and shouting, we did it, we man, we did it. It is the most amazing moment in my whole life. Uh, uh, unbelievable. But 
going back to when when that happened, I, I was lost. I was confused. I was a kind of wee young daft boy. I mean, you're 21, 22. You're a child. You're not really grown up. And uh, I make no uh, 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 apology about it. What happened was uh, I was sitting and I was kind of kind of messed up slightly. I, I didn't know where, where to go. And the guy that ran my football team phoned me and he said, wee man, are you all right? And I says, I'm no too sure. And he says, you're playing on Saturday. All right, we're coming to get you. There's no no ifs or buts here. We're coming to get you. I think they were shorter players, by the way. <laughs> right, all right. I, I think they were only ten. But he came, he picked me up. The banter was near the normal banter in the change room. Everybody was a wee bit there, um, and I played this game. But I walked off, and I, and I just felt really good about myself. You know I mean all that kind of baggage and negativity go, and probably the little bit I'd I add on to that. I, I, I'm dyslexic. I've got a learning disability, so I, I struggle a wee bit at school, and I just get victimised by teachers. So I've all this and I'd all this kind of journey through football and here I am on a football pitch as a 22-year-old feeling good about myself because all my mates are round about me and they've kind of dragged me back into to feeling good. I walk off the park and a guy walks up who, and I'm sure this happens to everybody in football, it's the Asda effect I call it. You walk up and down the aisles in Asda and, and you bump into people and you talk to them for ages and then your missus turns around and goes like that. Who's that? You go, don't know. No one for the fact, by the way, but, but you've talked about their kids and all that. So... Um, I'm walking off the pitch and this guy comes up to me. He puts his arm around me and he goes, you all right, wee man? And I goes, aye, aye. He says, well played today. And he says, I heard about your dad. And I went, all right, okay. And he says, my brother committed suicide, wee man. You're going to be all right because we've got your back. And he just walked off. I I don't know who the guy is. To this day, 22 years later, I have no idea. She's a powerful thing, Paul, I think, where you have a crowd of people who have your back. You know, there was a wonderful banner a few weeks ago Relating to Lee Griffiths and what he's going through at the moment And it said, it's okay not to be okay And I thought, what a wonderful, simplistic sentiment Expressed by a crowd of people It's it's good to know Mm -hmm. that you have that level of support What what next then, Paul? How does that that story progress from there? Um, I'm I'm a a shipyard worker at that time My my life's kind of going... Uh, basically, basically nowhere um, to 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 use to use that terminology, but I've always wanted to be in, involved in sport. Um, I, I I iconically threw the tools in the Clyde and went, sod it, I'm out of here. And I think everybody went, you're going where? I goes, I don't know. I'm going to go back in and do something in sport because it was my dream. And I think if you've got this dream as a five year old, right? I had a dream that I wanted to be the first person to land on Mars and Captain Scott won the World Cup. I still think they may be able to do it, right? Maybe I'm a bit insane, but I still think I can do it. But I just thought, if you can dream like we can dream in football and we can make, we've got magic dust. I always say this, we've got magic dust. We can throw it up and we can make kids dream about whatever they want. And for me at 22, I went, right, okay, let, let's move out. It took me a couple of years to kind of build up the courage. And I walked out of the shipyards, went back to college, university, struggled because of my dyslexia. People helped me out. But I had all these great, as you say, this family, this football family behind me. Every minute of every day going, you'll be all right, wee man. Helping me out, dragging me along. When I was wanting to chuck it, they were going, no. Um, and, and, I, and I kind of moved over and um, I was lucky enough that 12 years ago, I um, I got a, an interview for the Scottish FA. I, I tell every day this one that I put one in the car park at Hamden, got out to go for the interview and thought, to hang with it, walked round to Mount Florida and made the journey back that I'd made with my dad in 87. And he was with me uh-huh. He was with me His hand on the shoulder And going You can do it wee man And I walked up the stairs And I thought To hang with it If, if St Murna Provincial Club Can win the Scottish Cup I can get this job And and I left a part of my soul in there And um, 
I'm now in the most privileged position in the world that I do a job that I, I don't work anymore, really. I've kind of retired now because <laughs> I, I have a, a job where I bounce out my bed in the morning and I just annoy people all day because I just want to make a difference. So astonishing the emotional attachment that people have when it comes to football because you speak about that cup final, Paul. I remember going to St Mirren's next league game at Love Street and at the end of the game, I'm covering the game for Super Scoreboard, at the end of the game, a gentleman comes on to the park. Everyone's gone. Stadium's empty And he goes on to the centre circle And he has the Scottish Cup And he holds the Scottish Cup up And I said to somebody Who is that? And they, they gave me his name And he said he works for St Mirren And his dad died And that's him showing the cup to his dad mm. And that's the emotional pull that football has Now I'm sure you'll agree Paul's story is an incredible one If you've got any thoughts on Perhaps the grassroots aspect of the game What football means to you At a grassroots level Maybe your kids are involved Maybe you're a parent now and Listen the, the, the floor is yours This is the week During the winter break Where we try And just shine a light On things we don't get the chance To talk about At other times in the season 01419511025 Don't think that means You're not getting a full time teaser By the way <laughs> That's coming Coffee. up That's well, least, coming up next Paul can help <laughs> Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here as always on a Monday night. We're joined by Paul McNeil from the Scottish FA. If you'd never heard of Paul before now, you won't forget in a hurry because the reaction on Twitter uh, has told me that. Paul telling us his incredible story um, about basically what he does and why he does it, why he feels so passionately about using football for good. In this country Plenty more time to get involved We'd like to hear from you as well On 0141 951 I do have a full time teaser for you Don't mm-hmm. think you're getting away with this uh, Alex Ray You're getting dogs for the Tanadice <laughs> episode on Yes the that's understandable There's a chance for you to redeem yourself With tonight's subject matter uh, So this one's sent in by Eric Duff Remember We're always on the lookout for your questions You send them to us And we try and catch the guys out So send them over please To fulltime at Clyde1.com Alright this one is He says it's easy as well Eric says Uh, 10 players who won the old English first division And went on to play for Rangers So we're talking old English first division Before the English Premier League So 1980 to 1992 Players who won it And then went on to play for Rangers No Mm, Right okay Soonis Yes Douglas Did you say they were from Sorry did Oh sorry Rangers Rangers. Sorry right okay Uh, Trevor Stephen Let me go through the list I think I'm sure that was on there somewhere Yeah Trevor Stephen is on it Paul, you can throw some in there if you want as well. Be, must be Gary Stevens as well. He's it? not on it, apparently. I don't mm. think so. Oh, yes, I tell him. Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah, Everton, yeah, did, number did four. Butch yeah. Wilkins won it? He did not. Wow. He did not. Any more for any more? It's a solid start. You've got three of ten. Hately is not one. Okay. We've got Graham Soonis, Trevor Stephen, Gary Stephen. So ten players who won the old English first division. So between 1980 and 92. And then went on to play for Rangers. I appreciate this will appeal to listeners of a a certain vintage. Um, No. And I'm glad we have this question. Because sometimes you get the impression from down the road that... uh, Football only started in 1992 So it's good to have this question Right, okay, you've got three of the ten Let's speak to Martin in Crookston He's been hanging on for quite a while Hi Martin Hi guys, how are you doing? Happy New Year Yep, Thank same you, to Martin. you Martin yep. um, Just a question for well, Paul and the panel to, 
to see um, Scotland underperforming and not reaching a major tournament um, and subject to grassroots, is it worthwhile visiting the, the way that Americans do it with their American football scholarships to, to, um, to colleges where their primary subject is the football with an educational background to, to help them on with mm. it? Is that something that could be visited or... I'm not sure if there's an equivalent of it or not No, I did say Paul that um, this is the beauty of coming on live radio there's going to be things thrown at you that are not even close to your area so we're not looking for an official Scottish FA line on, on, on the possibility but Hugh Martin certainly makes makes a good point if you've ever been to America if you're aware of the way American sports work yeah. um, there are loads of things I would hate to see come into our game but it, certainly structurally um, we, in, in terms of how, how, how they create these Elite yeah. athletes you know, It certainly sounds good Because we've been nowhere Since 1998 It's like The meaning of life for us You know That's the big question How do we get back? There's only one answer Players uh, But we don't have The college system That they have In the United States of America It's a vast country Compared to Our wee button bend here Is that where, is that where It ultimately falls down? Yeah I, I mean could, could it be scaled down? And again I we, know we're, we're getting We're getting a bit out there We don't usually discuss this On, on the SFA, Super Scoreboard have a, a structure in mind We have uh, Operation Braveheart And we have Brave Just just Brave Brave <laughs> Project Brave You almost Project got there, it yeah. Got there but we have You're that, thinking Mel Gibson We have that in place And we have our schools of excellence And the SFA Through Malky Mackay And everyone who works underneath him Are trying their level best In that regard Whether we produce the players Necessary to get us to a major final uh, Remains to be seen However there are outstanding examples And we do have tremendous players Who are playing in England And who are also excelling here in our own country Martin is that something you follow closely Personally or you know, or something that you, you've got a particular interest in Is, it, is that why you suggest it? No I just, I just I've, I've watched them um... I've been to America a few times now and it's just, I think the system, there's something not working and it seems to be, I know we've not got the numbers, but it just, it seems to be a system that works over there now, whether you, you scale it down to, to us, but I mean, if you look at Iceland, they, they've, they've got a population the size of Glasgow and they're, they're making major tournaments. I mean, if, there must be something that, that isn't, what something's not working, something needs to be done, so... Well, you know, Paul has touched. I think I think there's one thing I could add, which is which is probably coming through now that that we've got our performance schools. Um, so we have seven performance schools around about uh, the country. It's it's not my as Gordon said, it's not my area of of expertise, and I would never kind of ply into the, the performance department, or, or they'd probably chase me back out of it. But because um, I am rubbish at football, so <laughs> but we have seven performance schools. So we are now starting to see. So what we have uh, in this country is is young players who are, are changing their schools. And going so, for example, in the Glasgow area we have Holyrood, um, and we have we have we have them around about the country, and the players are coming and they're getting uh, contact time with with the sport. So it's our elite players coming to it. So it, it's not the same as the college system in America, which I don't think we could ever replicate. But it's the way we can get closer to it. So what we what you find is, and it's across any sport. If you if you want to be an elite athlete, you need to play sport more. If you want to be a, an elite artist, you need to do art yeah. more. So there's, there's nothing there. So we've seen Harry Cochran pop through. We've seen a number of players now popping out the other end. Um, Brian McLaughlin, who played for Celtic, now heads up the program. Very very passionate about it. Yeah, we had him in last year, didn't yeah. we? At the same time. Yeah. So 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 we've got a, a similar program, and 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 I, I think the only thing you will see is in in ten years, fifteen years time, whether or not. 
uh, that but yeah. we, we are starting to see that the fruits of the labour with Celtic and Rangers doing the same Okay thanks to Martin and Crookston like I said the, the response to, to Paul's uh, story on Twitter has been quite something uh, Yelmanator says fantastic story greeting my eyes out he says <laughs> top drawer mate uh, Saltire Thistle lovely hearing Paul's experiences I know so many of our players relate to the way football can help you through your darkest days uh, what a story Paul's is thoroughly enjoyed it says Scotty uh, as well so that, that, that's this, that was the, the sort of title of the, of the video if you like Paul um, which went online and like I say not everyone's on social media not everyone will, yeah. will have heard the story so it does seem like listening to you that football genuinely saved your life that that's not it's that's not an exaggeration it's it's, it's not it's it, it, I think I think in this country I don't think I would be I think I would be one of millions that that football not only saves your life but plays such a social emotional part in your upbringing and what you do it gives you some of the great leaders you've got. I, I, and I look at I look at now that that I'm, I've got a young family, and I look at the impact that that it does. I, I, I'm now very lucky. I watch football through an eight year old's eyes because I take my son, um, um, into games and it and it's amazing. But the the bit about it is that there's so many. I've got so many great great friends and, and people who've run around me. My, my best mate Peony when when my 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 dad died, he was just always there. I've played football with him every season for about twenty five years. You know what I mean? We never get sick of each other's part, which is quite amazing. But when I look now at the at the people who I coach with at, at my son's team in particular, these are young uh, dads, um, mums and dads who are coming along, and some of them say to me, "I'm giving up time for my son. I'm making that relationship with him. I'm giving him that opportunity because some of them don't see the their kids. They might be out as my dad was." Out before the crack of dawn Back in from a late shift Don't see him So they make that commitment But that makes a commitment With, with us as a group of people And I just love the fact that, that sport in this country Is great But I just love the fact That football Can bring so much Of different parts of society and together that's, that's why I think We're talking about Two separate issues here You know the last caller Was on about How can we find A system which puts us back Into the centre Of the football world <laughs> yeah. the, the European Championships The World Cup Paul's not about that Paul is about the effect that football can have yep. On your physical health Your mental health yep. And simply mm. bringing everyone together With a sense of purpose I'm happy for a wide ranging discussion Don't worry I mean David Grant is on um, Inspirational story Paul As a dad whose son is suffering with mental health issues Stories like yours keep us going As in this day and age we're left to our own devices mm. In trying to protect our own You've told your story um, what's the reaction been like since since you, you you went public? If you like, I mean, you've been in newspapers, you, you've been online, you've been on shows like this. He, hearing just that that there from, from David Grant, who sent that in, it's um, I I did I I give a, a lot of praise to um, Greg Miller and and, and, and Ross McDonald, uh, to the media guys and communication guys at, at the office. They kind of tiptoed me through about. Was and I did. I bottled it. I, I didn't know if that was the right thing to do. I was going. This is quite a big thing for me to speak about, and even doing it was tough. But the reaction was was incredible. I sat um, on the, the day of it, going to my wife, going, "Don't worry about it." Goes into Scottish FA Twitter account. Nobody likes that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'm going to get a couple of likes, a couple of tweets. That'll be it, and it'll be all over. Um, I, I I had to go and go and I, I do parent stuff. I had to pick my kids up for swimming. Um, go and do all that when it when it got released. By the time I got home, my phone was on meltdown, and I just went, "What's going on?" I just couldn't really fathom it. But I think the most important thing for me, and I think Hugh done it from the, from the thing from from the Lee Griffiths bit, was people started to text me 
who I knew very close saying, I don't know if you ever knew this, but I did try to take my own life. Thank you for speaking up. And that really touched me. And, and, and I'm now getting a lot of people come up and going, thank you. And I think that is the beauty of our sport. We are a family. Yeah, we can get a wee bit bonkers sometimes and we can do a few strange things when we go to games. But I think deep down in our soul and in the best part of our heart, we want to help people. We want to pull them back up. And and for me, I was just, I, I was literally, I, I did, I, I went back home that night. My kids went to bed. I sat down in the kitchen. I had a cup of tea with my wife and I burst out greeting. And I went, what's going on? And it was just message after message saying, thank you, well done, you're brave, I'm going to your back. And that is what our sport does. So I will never on my watch let MD run our sport down. If you want to run it down, I'm a wee boy if he pays like him fight. So <laughs> don't worry about that. So I'll never let MD run it down. We're talking about the grassroots side of this and how this can this can help everyone. And we can all get involved in football. We can, we can all enjoy it, harness it, use it in a, in a, a positive manner. Does Paul's story speak to you, Alex, from a, yeah. from a, a professional level, from a, an elite level? I don't know if football saved your life. I don't know if that's yeah. too strong. You can tell me. No, but uh, listen, I think if anyone listen to Paul, be inspired. Um, football's always been there, and it's the main catalyst in my life. I play it every day. Now, Paul's talk, talking about his pals have always rallied around him. I've been with the same guys for 40 years. We argue cat and dog <laughs> every single day, and it's football. Uh-huh. If anything happens in anyone's life, uh, then. Um, everyone's there for them And so there's that kind of They go hand in hand Gordon uh, And football's always been but I, I, As much as we're I mean, It is an inspiring thing Football's had a, a negative impact as well in my life See the, the emotional roller coaster, And it's when you start to realise And when you start getting towards the end of your career That you realise the importance of it And what it means to you And that's one of the reasons why So many people struggle To cope after football Because they think That's it, it's finished now I think for anyone listening to Paul tonight One of the great things He touched on two things Over 35s You know for Any guys Because you some you, The old days you think 32, 33 were finished Over 35s And walking football It made me laugh <laughs> Right <laughs> you, you know what I'm like it, uh, We played walking football uh, At the Glasgow Green Not this summer yeah, The summer yeah, was, previous yeah. Who won, uh, that, who won that tournament by the way Just remind me Well we had, well, In the summer gone past I think it's fair to say Radio Clyde I think we were undefeated, undefeated If I remember yes, yes. <laughs> I mean we had age on our side But yes. that's not the point But no. if, if I was to make a distinction Between life as it is now Which Paul's dealing with And life as I knew it as a child I lived up a tenement close And party in the 1950s The boy who had the ball Was the most popular kid in Absolutely. history Absolutely Because That gave us football Morning, noon and night <laughs> And there was that sense of community Some supported one team Some supported the other But when you're out Playing in front of Spiller's Flower Mill <laughs> it, it was all in it together it's a World Cup final. Now however Society is different And some people feel alienated from society For whatever reason And the football is the catalyst For mm. ending that feeling of isolation Paul's done his job so, Suppose in terms of Your own career Alex Because you, you've spoken openly On this programme Many yeah. times about Dark moments in, yeah. in your life For various reasons Football must have been One of the driving forces To, to, to get you out of that and, and turn that all around Without doubt In my darkest time It was one of the reasons Why I seeked help Was because It, it looked to me As if the football Was coming to an end I, I thought I was being rumbled Physically I was struggling To do it in terms of Because of my lifestyle And um, 
that was one of the reasons why I decided to turn it around. And thankfully I did because I would only have a decent career then. And uh, I think it's great that, and I think it's the thing that's overwhelming and coming across tonight for me is that wherever you are at, and I think this is great that the programme's actually doing this and we have the opportunity to bring guys like Paul in because there will be people listening to this, Gordon, going, right, okay, how do I go about getting right that step, walking football, over 35s, re-engaging, because mm. isolation, loneliness is the most horrible place in the world you know, when, you're, when you're isolated. So Paul's okay. got this in abundance to do it. Do you want to know how absorbing Paul's story is? We missed Celtic signing Timothy Ware. There you are. <laughs> well, I told you it was signing. It wasn't too ago. long ago. Don't worry, it wasn't too long ago. But some breaking transfer news Celtic are delighted to announce that Timothy Ware has joined the club on loan from PSG until the end of the season. Plenty more to come from Paul, Alex, and Hugh. Quickly on the teaser, though, we're looking for 10 players who won the Old English First Division, so since 1980 to 92, before the Premier League, and went on to play for Rangers. Guys like Graham Soonis, Trevor Stephen, Gary Stephen. I'll preempt one because lots, I've lots on Twitter. Are saying Trevor Francis um, But Eric who sent the question And says he wasn't at Forest The season they won the league He's actually mm. preempted One of the wrong answers I don't know oh. Take it Andy up Andy Gray Yes And Paul Rideout No oh. Any from you Hugh Kevens? Uh, I'm going with Rod Wallace Yes It's oh. a great oh, show nice Great show Leeds Yep Mm. Must have another Leeds player in there There was another Leeds player in there I'm trying to think Mel Stelling Yes oh. Right great stuff So that's soon as team Paul uh, Trevor Stephen Gary Stephen Mel Sterling Rod Wallace Andy Gray The rest of the answers we hope Coming up next <laughs> Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Great results For Scottish accident And injury victims For 40 years Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans Alex Ray And Paul McNeil Are still here Paul in his role uh, Working with the Scottish FA At grassroots level Looking at how we can Im- Improve the, the game For everyone involved From various ages Quickly on the teaser though Because we're still doing that 10 players who won The Old English First Division And went on to play for Rangers You've got Soonis You've got Trevor Stephen Gary Stephen Mel Sterling Rod Wallace Andy Gray Any more? Here's one for you It's 29 years since Liverpool Last won Is it? The title Okay 1990 Avi Cohen Yes Avi Cohen What a shout that is That's a good shout Leonard's brother <laughs> <laughs> Now we're getting a snapshot into your music taste, which no one needs. <laughs> let me tell you that, Alex. Any from you? Um, right. Well, I'll tell you. You've got Kinchelskis. Th- no, you've got three to get. Two Liverpool, one Leeds. Mm. Okay. Yes. Let's speak to jo- uh, Jim. Sorry, he's a Rangers fan in Airdrie. You've been hanging on for quite some time. My apologies, Jim. That's no problem. Even panel. Happy New Year. And Jim, Jim. to you. I was just telling the boy on the phone there that uh, we're on about stories. My dad. Died in 99 uh, Sorry 97 And my wife died in 99 And he was Rangers daft And when he passed away Our, our club was called after Alex Wallaby And he still worked at the place in, At Ibrooks And he came out and he spoke to my mum And he says Have you get is any last wishes? And he says My mum said I always wanted his ashes scattered And he says We don't do that anymore But leave it with me I'll speak to David Murray And he came back out the following day And says I've just to bring him in And we're going to bury him is my dad did the same season ticket for 42 years and uh, I get remarried and I've now got a 13 year old son and I couldn't get him interested in football at all I'm football daft and I've got my garage all done up in a man cave so he's been coming down <laughs> oh, the last magnificent. game games and uh, he says to me the old foreign game on Saturday he says dad 
my legs are shaking and my heart's going dead fast. <laughs> I says, welcome, you're a football fan. <laughs> That's a brilliant story, Hugh. That I mean, that that's it. That's it in a nutshell. That's all we're, we're trying to sort of celebrate. We, we get very specific on the show at times, yeah. but just generally, it's um. So what Paul? That's what football does to you. What Paul McNeil has to do is take that boy shaking <laughs> and get him out onto a football park and and get him participating in yeah. the game. Now, as I say, Paul's not here to be the man that guides us to the World Cup in Qatar. Thank goodness. He's here to help kids get. Involved uh, And obviously When I say kids I mean Boys and girls Yes uh, Get them all involved yeah, in the game Jim thank you very much Jim from Airdrie For sharing that story That was that was great That was uh, I like <laughs> that I think brilliant. that'll resonate With a lot of people Brilliant stuff Jim and Airdrie um, what, What's the That's a new year Time for setting targets And goals and <laughs> resolutions um, Started mine today I'm off, the, off, the, off the chocolate And the biscuits <laughs> And all that today Nobody cares But anyway I was anyways, just about to say that um, What about Uh the, the priorities for you this year Paul what, what, what's next what what in your role are you going to try and bring to a grassroots level at, at the Scottish FA this year yeah, I think, what's the priority I think Hugh, Hugh mentions that we, we want to get more uh, boys and girls we've got a fantastic um, year coming up particularly in the girls with, with the World Cup um, coming mm. up so that, that that's tremendous we're going to be able to inspire a generation and, and I'll probably put a plea out there to everybody let, let's get behind Shelly here let's, let's raise that tartan army let's get over to France I've booked my tickets I'm going I'm taking the kids um, I, I'm going because this is an amazing opportunity so for me the the big thing this year is is to change this kind of or, or try and drive a kind of cultural change within with particularly within our, our, our grassroots I want to really celebrate what what is really good we, we hear a lot of criticisms about uh, children want to go and play Playstations and they don't want to play football in the street. And um, Hugh's mentioned about the, the person who had the ball, the ball was the owner. I, I, I see children still want to play the game. What I don't see is they don't want to be told what to do. If you're five, six, seven, eight, nine, forty-four years of age, <laughs> you want the ball down and you want to become Diego Maradona. You want to become Johan Cruyff. You want to become Pele. You want to become... Messi, Ronaldo And I think we've got a culture of, of people just going Gonna pass the ball there, gonna pass the ball there And the kids are going, gonna just leave me alone So we want to get a big let it play message out there Because I think that's probably where And probably Alex probably much better positioned than, than me um, To say We want to inspire a generation to enjoy the game And say to adults Back off a little bit Let them play, keep it quiet And let the kids go and just become magicians um, I, I'm lucky I work with some Amazing human beings we Brian McLaughlin, who is as we, as, as you can imagine, that how he played for Celtic, I have no idea. But he's so passionate about the game and he says that, just let me go and dribble. We James Grady, I went to school with James. James was a big hard worker. But again, he just, he, he promotes this, let it pay, Keith Wright, other fantastic role models we we have in the, the association. But for me, there's a, there's a big bit. I want people to maybe make that bit of a resolution. Don't give up chocolate. <laughs> Don't give up alcohol. Don't become a vegetarian. Go and volunteer. Go and think... What you could do for society Your local wee club Might not need a coach But it might need somebody to help it out And you've got the skills out there And we could change society For the better For the much better Now if I didn't have um, The Eddie Devines of the world Or the Robert Ballantines of the world Or the Mick Cairns of the world Charlie Hendersons of the world All those unbelievable volunteers that are out there I'm not standing here I don't know where I am But I'm definitely not standing here and I've probably went down a rocky road. So thank you to these volunteers. Please, please go and think about it. Go and maybe 
pick up the phone, go on the Scottish FA website, look at our uh, our regional pages, see if there's a contact in there, see if your local club needs a little bit of hand. Because I tell you what, when you get out in that pitch, as Hugh says, we want kids on that pitch just to go and go, wow, this game's amazing. Because regardless if you score in a 4 side game, an over-35s game, an over-50s game, a walking football game, a goal's a goal. And you put it in your Wikipedia page <laughs> I love that Let's quickly speak to Bruce and Christon We'll squeeze this in Hi Bruce Good evening guys If you can just persevere me a wee bit My throat's not great No problem Yeah I, I'm quite heavily involved in walking football And I've heard Alec talking a wee bit about it And I got some pictures down at the Glasgow Green With the guys when they were there um, So it's one of the fastest growing sports In Britain right now But what a lot of people in news have been Speaking about it tonight Football is the biggest catalyst for people to get better. Whether it be guys with mental health issues, guys with recovering from stroke, dementia, cancer. We've got a whole group. Fortunately, I work with a good group of guys. I don't know what, sorry, help. A good group of guys down at North Annex at Leisure. Um, we've got maybe a group of, say, 30, 70, 40 guys there. Um and I, I would say probably 30 of them are actually over the age of 60. And the banter, the, the camaraderie between all the boys, when people aren't well, when people are what's WhatsApp page and everybody wishes everybody good wishes, I hope you get better soon. It, it, it's, football is one of the best things in the world to help people go over any sort of illnesses or any sort of disablements. And I, I, I just think, for, for me, being over 50, I, I don't think walking football gets enough advertisement about how it can bring guys together. I mean, I heard me saying there the Radio Clay team was unbeaten, so I'll put a challenge out to you guys. Maybe they can raise some money for charity, boys. Come down to Broadwood and play against North Lanarkshire, all gets as we're called. You'll need to get your shin pads on, Alex Ray takes it very Listen, seriously. I've just seen Hugh there, he's just rolled up his sleeves, he's new shirt. Yes. Listen guys, you're more than welcome, but what it would do is, it would, it would help, for us anyway, I think it would help uh, promote the, 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 the sport of walking football. And if we can raise some money for charity at the same time, I think it'd be absolutely fantastic. I mean, our group of guys, we've got 23 guys going over to play in a tournament in Portugal at the end of March at the beginning of April. Well, Alex is all over that. He's got a holiday on there. <laughs> <laughs> but, what, but what I'm saying is that that's the sort of camaraderie that it brings together. The guys are all going away. They're, they're not just guys you're playing football with. I like you mentioned that a wee bit earlier on. Everybody's your friend Everybody's mates It gives you a lift When you walk into that dress room You're maybe not feeling up for it And you walk in there And you get a bit of banter Or a joke with so many guys And before you know it You're smiling And you're happy And then you're out And you're kicking a ball about It's the best thing I was out the game For 18 years Getting two new knees And I tell you It's the best thing That happened to me Was actually joining in With walking football I don't know who you guys ah, think about that. I like it I like the story Bruce That really is fantastic I'm going to have to park it there Because we're running I wish we could Stay on Hugh Keevans This is one of those shows I just wish we could continue all night You're going to have to give me Your answers for the teaser Your three shots. I've got shot. two more Go for uh, it I'm going for Chris Woods No oh. uh, Nigel Spackman Yes, yes. Any wow. from you Hugh Keevans Paul McNeil No we're in the right. <laughs> One was from Northern Ireland And Leeds Is the club you're looking for Oh, uh, initials J Mick. 
John McClellan. John McClellan. Oh, John. Of course. And the other one, Liverpool initials K Mick. Kevin. McAllister Kevin I'm <laughs> from Home Alone <laughs> It's a, a boy from Home good. Alone Quick <laughs> Kevin It's a popular fast food outlet McDonald's Other ones are available Yes oh, uh, Thank you Hugh Kevens and Alex Ray For joining me Gordon Duncan I know And I don't often make these assumptions That I speak on behalf of everyone listening When I thank you Paul McNeil For no, sharing your story guys, with you. us Incredible um, You really are an inspiration That's thank coming you. through on, on Twitter uh, But from me personally And from everyone else Thank you That that did mean a lot That's us for tonight Though we're back tomorrow uh, Usual time In the company Of Gordon DL And Roger Hanna Stay where you are though Callum Gallagher is up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com.